0: Welcome to the I'm Assuming Podcast with Ija Mohan. And today I have uh, Ezra. Uh, I guess uh, I'm quite excited to talk to you, Ezra.
1: Hey, Ija, thanks for having me on. And uh, I, I mean, we haven't seen each other in a while, at least in real life and stuff. Yeah, so, I think we bumped yeah. each other
0: many, 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 many years ago at, in one of those restaurants in yeah. Bangsa or Changkat. I don't know. Yeah, uh, sure. So, yeah, that's uh, many years ago. How have you been?
1: I've been good. Uh, I have like the date on the corner of my screen and it's like November 20th, I guess, or it's in the November range. And I mean, it's unreal that we're already at this stage for 2020. And, and yeah, and I mean, it's been quite the year I mean, for everyone.
0: Uh, okay, like, I mean, 2020 has, you know, as, as I suppose living and growing up in Malaysia, um, I assume you grew up in Malaysia as well. I don't know.
1: Yes, okay. yes, I did. Um,
0: and Wawasan Doplo Doplo. or Vision 2020 has been drilled into all our heads, right? And this is not the 2020 anybody would have imagined
1: it to no. be, right? No, not at all. And I didn't even think that the guy who came out with Wawasan 2020, <laughs> which was our PM, yeah. was gonna eventually be I mean that even that was the even that was like a cool experience, I think. Yeah. And but I mean I think just and not just for anybody who had the Wawasan Duplo mm. Doplo. Doplo kind of idea, but it, it's just the whole, I think what was in 2020 in my head came around time when back to the future two was being released. Mm. And you had like the, the, the you had like the blue jackets and the tied up <laughs> Nikes and, the you hoverboards, the yeah. and you had these flying cars. And so actually, everything that was being asked of me as what my imagination would be like for 2020. Mm with what was in that film was like okay cool i mean i mean i'll beat be, the dates off for the, the film geeks out there but like and i think what was really really interesting was that when 2020 came this see there was that initial excitement and and sense of opportunity mm. and then march comes in and it's uh it sets everybody back in in real difficult and, and
0: you know i would uh ways yeah i, I would i would do one further in the sense that um do you remember the show on discovery channel called Beyond 2000?
1: Yes, maybe. And, you know, and, I and think, this show I was
0: is, is supposed to be about all the f- amazing technologies that's in our future. And it was called Beyond 2000 is because it's beyond the year 2000, right?
2: Right. Right? And yeah.
0: If you think about it now, we are 20 years into the future, so to speak, by that by yeah. that standards. And I don't yeah. think we are living up to the expectation of our our imagination. La.
1: No, not at all. And if if like I mean, you know, one of the biggest democracies in the world is is it, half of its populace is doing a thing where <laughs> they're doing what was done in the last world war or just before the last world war. It's also like, wow. I mean, it's 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 crazy when they say history repeats itself and they're like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. but I mean, it's, it's See, it the is. US
0: is it's interesting. I think let's put the caveat out there is we yeah, are a couple of idiots, if I can say. So a couple of idiots all the way over here. In a, yeah. in, you know, literally thousands of kilometers and miles away, talking about something that has minimal day-to-day effect on our life, except it's filling up our YouTube feeds and social feeds, right. Yeah. But for me, I think, I follow it quite closely. La. I mean, I find it quite fascinating. I'm very f- sure, me too. fascinated yeah. by it. And yeah. if I'm being a bit, uh, how do I say, if I'm being a bit cynical, it, I feel this whole thing kind of just exposes to, the, there was a charade uh, of how the U.S. kind of presented itself as, oh, we are democracy. We are going to liberate the world. We are the leader of the free world right. and all that. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And you realize it's just a very thin veil, right? It's a very thin veil. It just takes a Trump equivalent to come in and say, "Screw that, we don't care about the world."
1: Yeah, but 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 no, but I I, I would see it differently in the sense that I think. You know, the past four years—I can't believe we're straight into <laughs> American politics, but might as well. But I, I feel like the past four years um, has been a lit- litmus test for all of the institutions mm. that make up the American government and all of these ideals of that they, they stand by and the values they stand by. And I mean, America is far from perfect. And I think for all of the Top Gun, Baywatch, Night Rider, <laughs> soft power that has been in our lives, I mean, I think. Um, it's been a litmus test to see whether that this democracy can hold up because if they have a chance, then maybe the rest of us have a chance Mm, as well, because, mm. you you know, and I I always see it in ways where it's, that's a, you know, another country of another time of another culture of another history, but there are aspirational values, you know, I mean, there's a reason why our flag mirrors mm. that of that country so i mean I, I try not to sort of be too a bit too hard on mm. what's happening stateside but it is been surreal the past the past four years have been exhausting for me because it's they, they you know the occupant in that white house does as you said very little day-to-day impact on my mm. life but because of the the small flat global world that we live in he has made it exhausting
0: yeah i mean like like you hard. know at, at home uh I hate to say this, but we, we, we we canceled our Astro subscription many, many years ago. Right? Wow. So Damn, we live just, a very, just dropping yeah, it right so now. Wow. When right? I say digital, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's YouTube, Netflix, whatever, and all that. Right. Yeah. So I follow a lot of, uh, American daytime shows just to keep up with the news. whatnot, Right. So it's, it's really? all these daily shows, Seth Meyers, you know, Stephen Kobe and all that. And that was my, okay, well, this is my daily update on the news and we didn't have a Malaysian equivalent say, you know, entertainment mm-hmm. slash news kind of deal. And when Trump happened, my whole timeline was just Trump, 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 Trump. And when you and, and when you say when you say the word exhaustive, I think that's that's the only word we can use, you know. It's so exhausting the amount of rubbish that's coming out of that part of the world that they have yeah. to talk to. They 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 have to talk about. They don't have a choice but I'm like, I'm talking to my wife I'm like, you know if Biden wins you know, the, the only good thing that comes out of this is just that we don't have to get overwhelmed with this news and rubbish and, oh, my God, can you believe he said that? Can you believe this is happening? Can you believe yeah. it's done?
1: Like, can you believe he said that is the thing that we've been, like, hearing and thinking pre ourselves for the past? I'm, I mean, it'd be nice if they have, like, a boring administrative bureaucrat kind of president, which, you know, like, that will be a, a delight.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I... I, I I, I must confess, I'm by default, I consider myself an optimist, right? So I'm not a cynic, but by, yeah, not by a long yeah. shot. I am an optimist, but at the same time, I don't know what what it means that Trump survived four years without getting impeached and kicked out or arrested or whatnot, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what yeah. it means that the Republican Party or at least 90, 95%, 99% of it allowed him yeah. to do whatever he has to do. And yeah. I don't know what it means that you know, 75 million Americans or 70 million Americans now still want him to be the president Yeah, Uh, yeah, at any cost, even at the cost of, you know, any fraudulent means necessary, they still want him to be president. So I don't know what that means, right? What what does that say about them as a people? I don't know. I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think that that phenomenon that you're referring to uh, has lived with even with the Malaysian experience mm. to some degree for, for a long time, right? I, I just like to maybe tell myself that Malaysians have been a little bit more familiar with reading between the lines mm. uh, and the folks who benefit from the ways of the past were sort of that, that, that small percent, but a huge class of society actually has to read between the lines and, and watch over their shoulder and, and do the right things and nod and all of these kind of mm. things and you there was no there was no momentum of authority to really question yeah. that right and america of course america has always had that but now of course with the advent of technology and social media um you and donald trump i guess found a way to really harness and, and tap into mm. some time of sentiment and sensitivities that was being ignored and obviously that community in america is hurting a lot mm. And I think that I mean, for me, that says something there's a there's a lot of there's about 70 odd million Americans who, who have who have been hurting, um, you know, socially, economically, I, so I don't think you can ignore mm. that. I don't think I don't always think that, you know, of that 70 million block, a lot of them, okay, they believe in like the rhetoric and the macho macho mm. man kind of act, but like, I think a lot of them are trying to latch on to a thing where they haven't got, gotten a fair shake and and hmm. automation and technology and globalization has left them behind and, no, and nobody's you know figuring out a way to improve their life so i i i think there's there's a huge there's you know, a huge part the, of it.
0: i think the one that i struggle with right and the one that i struggle with is even if we ignore americans right let's just ignore americans and i've said this a few times before uh
1: but thanks to all your American listeners who are listening in right now, I'm sure there are a handful. The Malaysians who went know. to US <laughs> who
0: are listening to, sure, but you sure. know the even even now even if we if we if we chalk off the American experience is something that we don't know unless you live there like right and yeah you know very close to home for me uh, like my mom is a Donald Trump fan right yeah and, right, and right, right. It, yeah. before the presidency and the and the whole run I probably would watch a show with Donald Trump because it's Stupidly entertaining. Uh, sorry, I think that right. back. It's entertaining, right? Like the uh, you know, like the Apprentice and all that. You would watch it, right? I, I mean, it's it's yeah. watchable programs, I,
1: I I remember when I started watching. It. I think it might have been summer two thousand two. It was the first. It was, I think, the first summer that I was overseas. I was just about to do my degree in Canada. And I remember NBC just <laughs> promoting The Apprentice. And I, I kid you not, I was like, oh, I don't know enough about business. I got to learn yeah, from, yeah. from this guy. And then I think about three, four episodes in, I was like, yeah. is this what, like, a rich, smart man sounds mm-hmm. like? Because it sounds a little bit funny. But, you know, I was a university kid, so I didn't know what so I was doing. So I said, hey, let's just keep watching. But, yeah, yeah,
0: but But in the sense that, you know, I think for me, my turning point was, after listening to the things that he was saying, right? And the things that represent, I was like, mm, maybe this guy is not so bright lah. I mean yeah, and, and yeah, okay, yeah. even if yeah. it's if it's not about being smart or stupid lah, but he's he you know, there's no morals attached to this man lah, right? I think that was no. uh, that was no. a big issue for me lah. No. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> like character yeah, and and things like that. <laughs> even people like,
0: you know, you know, I give the example closest to her, my mom, she doesn't that those things don't face her, you know, for her it's like oh, you know, he speaks his mind. And I, I hear that a lot when it comes to Trump, right? Oh, this guy, is mm. he speaks his mind. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he does. But are you listening to what he's saying? Because, you know, it's quite disturbing. Like what you know, he's speaking his mind. But it's-
1: yeah. I mean, I understand I, I, I've, i and you know, I've got family members of, of, of a similar ill who share those kind of sympathies. Mm. I, I, I my, my problem is, I'm having a contrarian point of view mm. only works if it's Not contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian, Mm. but it's like it's something that you didn't think Mm. of, right? Mm. That's that's like really radical, interesting Mm. idea. Everything that he's been saying has been done by you know, playbook of like, you know, the fascists of the past. So like which bit of which bit of this have are we not trying to learn from? So
0: So so then that becomes the uh, I didn't I didn't imagine we will start the the, the pod with, with with the US, but I suppose that's what's in the news now, right? Okay, but I guess. But having said that, right, what does that mean, right? If 70 million people and headed by Donald Trump, supported by the Republican Party, believe in these things, are willing to, you know, throw democracy in the wind to make sure Trump tries to get another term and whatnot. What does that mean? What, for me, you know, the the words that he used, like, you know, it's like a fascist regime and all that. For me, that's exactly what comes to mind, right? For me, like, this is like pretty clear cut. They're not even hiding the fact that this is how they feel. This is what they want. Mm. And the message to the rest of the U.S. is get in line, or you're gonna be killed, or you know, or you become the street. We don't care. And I think Trump has said that as yeah. well, right? I think that's very really disturbing, You know, for a country who, yeah. who who regularly invades other countries in the name of democracy. Yeah. And you.
1: And I, I see. The, I see the irony of it. And and here's the thing. I think. Uh, man they're they're in a they're in a peculiar test right now. So everything from what kicks off on January twentieth onwards, I, I think, I think, America is still not in the red red zone yet, as 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 dire as the past four mm. years. So these results, I still feel they're in the sort of the yellow into the red okay. zone, and I still feel that there are um, switches and knobs to be turned and and levered so that like that sort of normal but it's going to take a yeah. while you know yeah I, you know, it's going to take I, a while it, this, this entire thing has been building up for at least a decade now so yeah
0: man i mean i i do hope as you said generating it there's actually a real change something else gets yeah. great yeah
1: look at look at this is this is, is this what your podcast is about just like you know talking straight about american no, politics what, i don't... <laughs>
0: But you know, you, how do we get here? Dude, I keep telling, and and I feel like a broken record uh, because I keep telling people I'm not interested in politics, right? But eventually, it, the, the conversation somehow gets. Uh, but you know, kudos to us; it's not local politics, but like,
1: Kudos. But 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 believe it or not, Ijan, like I've I've been. I've been doing a lot less of, um, reading on politics as much as I used to be mm. so immersed mm. into it, and I think the even with the. Even with the american version i think the only reason why you're keeping up as you said it's it's all around us in the news but i think also um i i, I don't know i think i mean i remember when i was in my 20s man you know i, you know, I studied political science and you know i was into sort of understood understanding local politics in Malaysia, but of course I was studying overseas in, in Canada and you learn all of these things. You know, you go to protests and you go to sort of rights march and all of that kind of stuff. And I look back and thought, like, wow that twenty three year old boys man and like
2: Where is the like, guy? Right
1: where is that yeah. guy right now? And and I, I kid you not, I, I I I often ask myself mm. like so how am I how am I giving back? What what's my act of civil disobedience? Mm. What's the thing that i'm i'm trying to do and i think you know we all have our own respective mm. ways and i i'm hoping for my generation and the ones after me it's not about retweeting stuff mm. it's about actually doing something mm. and applying some sort of change but and it's really really mm. hard especially in this world where everything belongs to the phone. Yeah. so um i think maybe um and i still that's the question i'm still asking myself what am i doing what 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 is my part
0: mm. right? do you feel and, you feel and, and there's there's an Obligation, do you feel there's an obligation on you to
1: No, And it's not an obligation, it's it's I want to because you know, this is home, this is this is where my family is from, mm. this is where my family's family mm. is from. There's like multiple generations, I mean, these are where my, my dearest friends okay. are, you know. And dude, I mean, you know, with the world the way it is right now, like you're like. Do I? I mean, mm. Malaysia came out really in in a in a way in which the world revealed and mm. represented itself during this COVID mm. thing. You're like, for all intents and purposes, and there's a lot to be complaining about yeah. about how things have been, been done here. But by and large, like, oh, man, we, we this land has been lucky. Mm. You know, the, the, just over the centuries, I mean, it's got this it's got this little charm to it that keeps things on the way, and it's. It it is paradise but we it it's it's polluted by stuff along the way. No, a lot. But you know what no, I mean? No. Like you're, you're
0: absolutely right in the sense that um I, I do feel that you know, keeping the politics of it aside, huh? I do feel as a country we have done very well. Right? As a as a country. Yeah. I mean reading about what's going on even the US, UK, Italy and all that, right? How the so called first world nations, how they managed yeah. it versus how a small developing country like Malaysia which they would refer to mm. as a third world nation, how we handled it over here. And I think it's not so much, I, I, I don't think it's about the leaders making the right calls. Huh? I think it's about the people kind of like sure. communally agreeing to a, for, you know, this is what's good for everybody. Huh? So we have to do these things yeah. instead of having an yeah. individualistic, no, it's my right to go to the gym. It's my right to go to the park. It's my right to do this. It's my right to that. Yeah. I know all this yeah. sense yeah. of liberty and dumbness and yeah. So in that sense, I think we did very well. I mean, in this not very well as a scorecard, but very well as in I think our reaction was.
1: Yeah. Uh, but but also just I mean on the on the people side of things, by and large in this country, like the I don't know how you want to say it, like the the capital that we have with each other is quite is quite strong, mm. as much as you know, these parties don't know what they're talking about because they're, they're trying to sort of c- mm, mm, c- divide mm, and get votes. Mm. And I understand I understand the rhetoric that's your job, but like, but from people to people about how people treat each other in the supermarket or how we, how we greet each other at the hospital and care for each other, yeah. all of that, like by and large, like we've got smart people, great people, hardworking people. And I think, you know, because... Malaysia's also have high status, mm, yeah 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 we we want we are not happy <laughs> at this we, we wanna yeah what if if London is at this, we want here, yeah. at a cheaper yeah. price too like you know what i mean like we're we're impressive people too yeah
0: but what, what how place. do you think uh number one since uh, bringing it back home right how do you think uh what has been your twenty twenty new normal or have you been infected as such or what have you been up to in 2020 and how is COVID going gonna...
1: mean, 2020 hasn't been easy because um um you may know but your viewers and listeners may not know but i i was working at bfm uh, the radio station mm, mm. 89.9 for a number of years it was close to just shy of nine wow. years and so i took the decision to sort of close that chapter at the end of february okay and um i was wanted to sort of begin a new chapter okay. of, of my professional career, okay. so to speak. And then, like, March kicks mm-hmm. in, boom, and then suddenly every plan that you kind of thought you had mm-hmm. just goes mm-hmm. away. And, and of course, it's been uh, a struggle in that light for me. But if that was difficult for me, tak payah nak imagine anybody else yeah. lah. Memang, mm-hmm. everybody had such a myriad yeah. of experiences, right? And I think it literally took me maybe I mean, four months mm. to get out of the hole, so to speak, okay. and like begin engaging and thinking and acting and making decisions that would, because I was, I think the first three, four months, I was just moping around and <laughs> like being angry at the world. And, you know, okay, I, I, and I mean, in the first two months or three months, there's weird times, like, you know, like, because you're in your, you in your, you're in your own space for a long time. And, you know, you're lucky that you have your mm. own space, and that you mm. have food, but it, the the impact that this has had the partial lockdowns the full lockdowns that not the inability to see family and friends mm. it's 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 been a it's been a tricky yeah. one yeah
0: i mean <laughs> um I, I must say that i probably don't relate to a lot of what you're saying only because i am a self confessed hermit i am the happiest thing at home yeah.
1: No, so here's the thing. I've 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 got a friend who's exactly like you, and I'm kind of like they were so calm and so at ease. I'm like, what are you eating, drinking, smoking that that allows you to be in this kind of zen? No, but
0: actually, okay. To 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 be frank, um, I was already on a I need to figure things out in 2020 kind of deal, and and yeah, right. Um, I run a small merchant professionally. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, overall, right. I I run like a small merchandising company. Right. So yeah. I felt the impact of COVID back in November, December, because my suppliers in China, right. they were like, oh, we can't do this. There's lockdown here, there's lockdown there. And, you know, I remember having conversations with my some of my suppliers here, vendors here, and we were almost like laughing about, oh, man, that's insane. Oh, how will we? So our problem was we had demand in terms of our customers wanted stuff, we couldn't figure out supply. Right. I said, what a weird world, we couldn't get supply. And we were kind of like, oh, man, imagine this is going to happen to us. Oh, no way. Da, da, da. And then we heard that one of one of the one of our friends went there who went to China on a business trip, and we we're like, "Oh, dude, we're not seeing that guy for at least three months, right? Give him, you know, right. we don't know whether he has COVID or whatever, right?" So it was, it felt very distant, right? And then fast forward a couple of months, and then we we're like, "Holy shit, you know, it's here, and this is our reality, yeah. right?" So then suddenly, you know, and and merchandising is all about, you know, it's marketing, if companies are willing to spend t-shirts for promotion or buying gifts and dog gifts and all that stuff. yeah, right. And And when the event industry was basically shut down, we took a massive hit. You know, I know some huge companies who like laid off almost 90% of their stuff and all that, Hmm. which is tough, right? So I was like in a little bit of a quandary as well. Home life, I was happy being at home, right? So that was not a big issue. (laughs) But when it came to work, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, what now, right? Yeah. So that that work, but for me, yeah, I I, I can relate where I was like, what's going to happen now?
1: No, and I I think the thing that um has reminded me of of this thing is just the, the ability to pivot and like do something new. And it, it in it's a slight small blessing because when I was younger, I was relatively convinced that because I was not like an A student, I was definitely in the I find that hard to believe, C plus man. No, no, but, uh, true story. Like, yeah, C plus, like, my life, academically was dictated by the C plus only until maybe from five, from six, and by from five, from six, I was in Australia yeah. already. Uh, and even then, I was just about to climb onto the B thing, okay. right, but th- the slight change, but for most of primary school and up to PMR, C's, okay. right? C's. And, and, and of course, not only that, it was that coupled with the inability to it the ability to be a master of something mm. like I was not good at that one mm. thing I was okay at you were thinking about it was like
0: okay. even back then you're talking about in school PMR
1: yeah I I, I knew that I knew that in standard six and and form one because I said oh he's really good at math he's really good at mm. running what am I good mm. at like and so my entire experience was oh, I could do a little bit of everything mm. right like I was like a jack of all mm. trades kind of mm. thing and that had that notion has carried with me for a long time but now what's been in some ways, quite revealing to me is that I'm probably utilizing my jack of all trades now in this environment, mm. Mm. probably at its most now because there is that self-reliance kind of thing that you've always had to figure it out and make do so that you didn't sink. Okay, I've always had to like figure out how to swim, okay. right? So, and I think, I, I mean, but, but do you think,
0: do you think it, it it is it is a factor of being a jack of all trades, or do you think it is? uh, you know, maybe it's, it's called your character yeah. to be a bit more resilient. Like that means, yeah, yeah, I think it,
1: I think it's, I think it's both, but I think at least on, at least on the aspect of being resilient, I've always been confident because like, you know, in the sense that I've always had to work a little bit harder than the next guy because I wasn't as good or I wasn't as terrible. <laughs> or I wasn't as smart or whatever, I've always had that okay. bit, but I always thought that I always found that people would f- find their calling or specialization. I remember like in first year or second year, you know, I said, Oh, what are you majoring in? Like, how do you know you want to major in mm. that? Standard, standard four, we had one of those like oral mm-hmm, exams mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm, ask you mm-hmm. questions or what do you want to mm-hmm. be? And like, I saw my friends I want to be a fireman. Mm. Like, what do you know about being a fireman? <laughs> and like, and like some guests, oh, I want to be a quantity surveyor. Mm. Like, I standard three, standard four, I didn't, know. Like, I didn't know these words, but, bro, right?
0: I knew my- I mean, okay, sorry to stop you, right? Um, yeah. but don't you think when when you you know at at whatever age when you talk to somebody and they go and they say like I want to be a fireman, mm. the for me right the, the coming across somebody who who is so convinced they know what they want, I think that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I know it's it's fascinating, yeah, yeah. right?
1: Fascinating, yeah. Me and, too. And, and, yeah. Yep,
0: big, and in yeah. the sense that, uh, I know in, in a lot of ways, especially if you say fireman in Malaysia is oh you're not going to make big bucks lah, right? Oh you're not going to you know you're not going to be drive, driving fancy cars or living in a big house and whatnot. But in a way, I don't even care about that. Right, in the sense that if you know what's going to make you happy, yeah,
1: you know. yeah, yeah. If if your jam is running into a building that's on fire, yeah. like who am yeah, I, I? I mean, that, to, that clarity, to, right? Know.
0: For me, that is so freaking impressive, man. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah you know. Yeah, and and it and I, I I've met. I mean, I've got a lot of close friends who fit that description. Mm. Line. They, that that that's just who their being is. And I think there there's another category of folks which I think I belong to, which is <laughs> Like, I think I'm kind of decent at this. And yeah, I think I can make many Oh, yeah, I'm actually happy at it. Like, you're, you're figuring mm, it out as you mm, go along. Mm, kind of, and there's like a, a cycle of momentum that really sort of gives you that clarity. Like, it's not the... You the know, I would, I would probably have, relate like.
0: more to your view on, 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 on that. Yeah. And if I could add on, I think for me, if, if I'm very bad at evaluating myself. La. If you ask me to evaluate myself on anything, right, right,
1: who, is, who is it?
2: it?
0: Yeah. There are a lot of little Trumps around who think they are to give God gifts to the world, They're the right,
2: best. Yeah, 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 and,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. They are, <laughs> you know, so, so I'm really bad at it, yeah. right? But I think um, one of the things that I did early on when I started working was, you know, trying to talk to people who are smarter than me, like, you know, get kind of mentors and friends yeah. around you, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And they yeah. will kind of tell you, hey, you know, you're kind of good at this thing. This is probably suitable. You probably should look at that you're not very good at this and you're not very good at this is very painful mm. to hear like, but you know I've heard it I've heard very. it enough times to like okay like if I'm not good at yeah. good like, that's fine right same thing And I think that's uh uh been a bit of blessing in my side in the sense that uh not so much uh my skill or my knowledge or whatnot but kind of like having smarter people around me who kind of like yeah. help me guide me in a sense right and I don't know whether that's been the case have you do you Believe in like mentorship be... and stuff like that, or uh,
1: let me get to 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 that. But then, could I just ask, like, do you know if you've felt that change on yourself now as a result of this awareness?
0: Yeah, I think uh for me, I, I come from very humble beginnings, right? So my expectation of yeah. the world was not a lot. So there, are <sighs> people when I was people have come in. You know, when I was working, I used to run a restaurant. My family, a small Indian restaurant. And nice. then I had this idea of oh you know the, I want to do something on the other T-shirt company. It's like eleven twelve years ago, and I was yeah, I studying and we were selling some T-shirts. And then somebody came along it was a customer at the restaurant who just sat down and he was like, "Oh, you know you should, you know, you should get some investment and do something in it." I'm like, "Get investment? What's that?" I mean, yeah, you can do a deck. What's yeah, a deck? I'm like, right? "What's a deck?" Yeah, you know what's what's the business plan? No, what's the business? I don't even know what a business plan is, right? And then they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, I have a sample. I'll email it to you." And you know, so these yeah. kind of people come and tell, like, "Hey, man, you could probably do something more, more."
1: So, so here's, here, so going back yeah. to your mentorship question, right? I always feel that 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 exchange that you're just describing mm. right there, I feel like, at least in my experience, um, you know, growing up in middle class Malaysia in the '80s and '90s, you know, like, I really felt I only came across mm. that outside of my more academic syllabus, so mm. to speak. I came across that far too late in okay. life. And I'm and I'm I've been playing catch mm. up maybe for past thirteen mm. years to get better mm. at, you know, understanding the opportunities and the areas in which you can contribute mm. and you know bring value to things. I I wish I had learned that much much earlier. I wish I think maybe maybe that's what Kamal Ranjith <laughs> was trying to teach me, but I didn't <laughs> listen. You know, I, if don't know, I don't know. You could go back
0: in time, right? I mean, uh, yeah. No, dude. I mean, if if left. Okay, here's another controversial. Uh... I wouldn't say an idea, a thought process that I'll share with you, right? I have the thought process that that your peers will probably not help you grow, right? And I don't mean it in a yeah. in a materialistic way, like, oh, you, your peers must be rich to help you. I mean in, in the sense that, you know, you are at a level. If your friends are with you at that level, we are all very comfortable where we are, right? So it's yes, gonna take yes. you interacting with people at a higher level for them to kind of like. Open you up to you yeah. know hey you can do this and you can do that and you can, and start help you connecting the dots moving yeah. forward yeah. and that makes a big difference. I think that's the difference between Huge. like you know being like a jago kampong and you're like oh yeah I'm a terror hotshot yeah. among all my friends and then you and you yeah. realize like oh shit I actually have so much to grow. I got so many so much to do so much to grow right.
1: Yeah, it's the the analogy that I'm I sort of think about and refer to is. Um, and I don't know how many tennis fans are out there. But when when you're a when you're an amateur shitty tennis mm. player, where on once on one rally, you're good, and the next rally, it's mm. horrible. And the next rally is mm. great what happens is that when you can hit the when somebody else better than you hits the ball Mm. back to you, somehow you hit the ball back Mm. better, and then they hit it back. But if you're playing with somebody who gives you a weird, bouncy, non bouncy Mm. ball, and then you end up hitting the ball out of this, it sort of repeats Mm. itself a little bit. Mm. Mm. And I'm with you on that, man, like, my only frustration has been that, um, yeah, I mean, my ambition and my wanting to learn more. I mean, it, it might have only it kicked in a lot later than I would have preferred. Mm. I think I, which was probably in my mid twenties when I, I I got my first, I started my first job job. Mm. Maybe like
0: that's quite early, right? Um, I mean, okay, like mid twenties. Okay, you're not late, not late, yeah, late, n-
1: not not late. But I think so. I so I had I did odd jobs even when I was okay. younger, like nineteen. I was working in retail, like. Uh, in, in Mega Mall and Wanutama. I was selling baju. Uh, I think women's women's top shop and okay. top girl. I, was doing, I thought you said women's
0: underwear. I, did, I was like, whoa,
2: okay.
1: Well, kind yeah, of yeah, like depending it. on which, which shop, right? I would top shop, top man, all that kind of stuff. But but so I was doing all things. I was selling Maxis 3G cards mm. when they were first coming out. I was doing all of these things and I really enjoyed mm. it just because I wanted the experience. And But even in those experiences, which were terribly useful, mm. the there was this other layer of like, Oh, how do you run something to create value, and then therefore generate income on a sustainable man? Like, you, I was part of the I was part of the system, I was part of a mm. cog, but I wanted to actually know more about mm. the, the actual thing mm. in itself. And I think by the time I started my publishing house in 2007, that's when you you, you learn by throwing yourself in the mm. deep end, you make great mistakes, you learn from those mistakes, you make a little bit of money, you invest that money and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it um i'm still learning and of course this entire exercise right now of my my current project right now which is uh, my podcast mm. i mean that there's so many things that i'm applying that i've learned for the past 13 years into mm. this one so that the the opportunity doesn't take so long mm. <laughs> being that you know i can accelerate the lessons and implement them you know when, when
0: in you when you talk to um when you talk to investors, right? So I, you know, I was a few years ago, I was raising some funds, talking to all of investors and all that. So when you talk to like money guys about money, so they have a very cut and dry way of looking at things, right? So yeah, it is, yeah, for us yeah. right now, we're having this very fluid, you know, this is how I feel. I hope, you know, I hope and I feel, but you know, investment yeah. guys are not so much like that, right? But you know, but no, there's wisdom no. in that sense that, you know, when I talk to some of them and, and you know, they, they think that, oh, uh, serial entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who have failed before. Is a good thing, right? My my knee jerk uh, reaction would be, guys who have failed is bad. Oh, I failed so many times. Yes, I would rather yes, not share my yes, failures, you you know, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah, have yeah.
0: successes to show these guys, right? But when you talk to you know investors who who understand more than just the numbers, right? So the, the way you see it is exactly how you say, right? In the sense that uh, you know you probably have learned a lot in your first venture or second venture or whatnot, and you're probably not going to repeat the same mistake, la. and betting on somebody like yeah. you is probably you're going to have a, you know, a shorter runway towards success, as opposed to somebody yeah. who's going to make all those mistakes because they're doing it for the first time.
2: Yeah. But yeah. that
0: wisdom of, you know, failure is not, you know, it's not the end, it's, you know, it helps you kind of build towards the future. Yeah. You know, that knowledge doesn't come easy. I mean, and it's not obvious, like, no, it doesn't. and it's not obvious, you know, that's the scary part. And
1: it's not obvious, but also then you need to actually do a process that allows you to reflect, take down and implement again, because sometimes, you know, you meet people who say, oh, you know, I've had 20 Mm. years experience. Mm. Note it. I'm not going to not Mm. not on Mm. that. But like, if you're still doing Mm. the same thing you did 20 years ago Mm. as Mm. the primary thing, surely like you're just repeating yourself. Mm. So I'm trying to be conscious of that myself. Mm. I I, I don't want to tell a a, a young person or young intern say, oh, you know, has been in this industry for however <laughs> it means jack hall for me it's kind of like a football match i i don't, I don't know what <laughs> you say this that you, you're only as good as your last right. match mm.
2: <laughs>
1: and <clears throat> i don't think business re- has a longer sort of um time frame to evaluate performance mm. but but i think you need to know what exactly it is that you're you're improving on taking none of that is tough because then you got to think about it feel it no man it.
0: i'll give you a, a tough one right um uh one of my one of the startups that I were, that I founded I was not doing so well so it kind of looked like uh, you know this all this money that we raised was going to the toilet la we we're going to have to yep. shut the company down and and i had this very awkward difficult conversation with one of the investors and i was like what does this mean because i personally as an individual i feel like i failed you because you invested mm. in me mm. or on the venture and you know mm. and and I think it's very important to get the right people to be on your corner in a sense, because I I think yeah. what I was expecting was for the person to go like, ah, screw this man. I just lost so much money. It's okay. Whatever I don't, you know, that's life. Mm. Right. That That's the, the, the filtered, no profanity version of what I was expecting. Right. Mm. And what I actually got was uh, this individual asking me. So what did you learn? Right what what has the last couple of years meant to you right
2: mm.
0: and what do you learn la? and i was able to articulate you know you know if i were to do it again i wouldn't have done this and i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have done it like mm. this i think i this is how i would have done it differently da, 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 da. and this was kind of like kind of like you know summarizing a long list of excuses la, in a sense but you know kind of like sure. uh, you know saying this is what i learned and for them their response was okay la, so this is me paying your tuition fees lah. For you to learn,
2: yeah. right? This is yeah, yeah. It's okay. Dude, and, it's a
0: bet, you know. I, 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 and yes, I lost money, but it's a bet. line. You going in I could lose money, right? So, and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: But the, I think I think the key part here is also if 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 I may, I think it's them seeing something in you that you can't see mm, in yourself yet, and so they were already they had already accounted for mm, what you described mm, to them. Mm, so I've had many people of that um, in my mm. life. So. Uh, you were asking before about the, the mentor Mm. thing. I mean, I'm a big believer in Mm. that because, um, you know, I'm very, very lucky because my parents did me good, did did me Mm. and my siblings good. They, you know, they get the A on (laughs) on the parent scale, well done mom and dad. But, but outside of that, 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 that pocket, Mm. uh, you in the real world, whether it's friends or friends, parents or teachers or, or business mentors or whatever, like these kind of, um, relationships are really, really important. But you, you, when you're a te- late teens, early 20s, you sort of don't appreciate mm. it until much, much later. Mm. right? And um, yeah, so I mean, I've been, I've been lucky, I've, I've, I've still, I still try and keep in touch. And, and when they enter into your life, uh, when they the way they do, you don't realize like, just how unique and specific that <laughs> interaction mm. is between you and yourself because you guys have different yeah. roles. You guys have different yeah. but you click on something and might be just your mutual interest mm. in uh fishing mm. or, or whatever. But in just through that, they wanna share what they know and they you wanna share what you have. So I think it's I'm a big believer in that. But way. you know
0: the uh there's no but but I think my, my when I when I share these type of stories to to some some of my friends or even relatives, right? They don't relate, really, right?
2: Yeah, And,
0: <laughs> and, and, and yeah. my guess, right, and it's a guess, right? My guess is that these kind of uh, relationships, like mentorship and all that, it it seems to be the exception to the rule, right? Where the rule is basically everybody mind your own business, work yourself, mm-hmm. and you become successful or you don't become successful, whatever, but you don't go around minding other people's business and listening to other people, you know, going in, you know, yeah. right? So this this idea of even seeking advice is yes. such a it's alien <laughs> to our day-to-day process you know right
1: yeah i i will i will i will so I agree with all of that and i'll do one step further i think and i don't know if it's the same for the kids in school mm. now or when they used to go to school i guess like just even actually the notion of raising your mm-hmm. hand mm-hmm. asking yes. a question i mean i think i did that for the first time and again I, mm. I didn't do it at all when I was uh, from Standard 1 to Form 3 in Malaysia uh, and from 4 to Form 6 in Australia. I saw in Form 4 all of these like Australian confident kids like asking, raising their hands, asking the most stupid questions, but they like, they were really mm. confident and I saw that. I saw that when I was 14 or 15 or whatever and then I said, I want to do that too and I want to raise my hand and ask a question. Yeah. Two years later, I asked a question. <laughs> but don't- it took me so long just to like work up the courage because I was like trained. No, don't ask. Was there a
0: turning point? Was there something that pushed you, you know, in that after the two years, something that made you ask a question, or was it a gradual?
1: It, no, it was a gradual thing because like it 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 felt. I think as towards the end, by form six, and then of course into the early uni years, it was this point of like they are already there trying to help you because it's a difficult and complex thing mm. that we're absorbing mm. and if i don't ask the question mm. then rugi me like shame on me mm. i mm. mean it's it's, it's, it's your it's, loss it's it's, it's literally mm. my loss it's like going to a buffet and saying i'll just have the napkin <laughs> it's
2: like,
1: it's a but why
0: why so. is that right like even you know i went through the the malaysian education system uh primary secondary mm. and you're absolutely right in the sense that there's there's so much shame, you know. I mean, there's there's so much shame in. in yeah. I mean, it's not that and, it's not in and, putting up your hand or no, in getting it wrong. There's so much shame in like what, because if you are hundred percent sure you are in doing right, anything, you know, if hundred percent you are right, and you know the teacher is going to like celebrate and you know pop champagne for you, you'd be happily doing that. But there's yeah. so much shame in yeah. what if it's wrong? What if I am yeah. not right? Where did yeah. this come from, dude? Like, where was it indoctrinated in us?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think I don't know. I, I that's a great question, and I I feel like, and you know, kids are not kids are not the kindest people. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I don't know. Like they look cute and cuddly, mm. but like you know, they're capable of some horrific yeah. stuff and the injuries mm. that they do to another child yes. emotionally. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. so And I think, and I don't know where that came from, but sometimes a lot of it is just built in your head too. And when Mm. you're a young kid that doesn't have confidence Mm. or you don't have the space and opportunity or the, the ability to communicate something, then it all, and a lot of it is just that inability to communicate because, uh, you know, the the rote learning stuff Mm. was, you know, remember, you know, remember your times tables and remember these answers and all that like it didn't really move anything Mm. up here it's just like a storage space and like a hard drive and i think once the the learning process for me changed where i was actually having to use Mm. my own thoughts and ideas and assessments and then express an opinion or a thought Mm. that's when i felt like my personal growth started where i did it wasn't just a case of remembering the dates and remembering the answers and remembering the A plus B equals C stuff that when I suddenly have to think and apply some critical thinking stuff, but all of those things are just skills that, again, it's the teachers or these mentors who mm. are helping you identify and those are things.
0: No, I, I have a two year old son and what's his name? Jax, J-A-X, you know,
2: Jax, because yeah. yeah, my
0: parents screwed me with I-J-A, I-J-A, and I'm like, I got to yeah. do it to my own son. Dude. <laughs> If not, paying it forward. Uh, but, you know, the the thing I struggle with, like you said, right, is I still haven't put a finger on where this indoctrination of shame and, you know, like, especially like peer pressure, the idea of, you know, you could send your kid to school and a bunch of other kids could, could shame him so much to do something stupid, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, so
0: I kept asking myself, like, okay, yeah, I, I too had all this, didn't raise my hands in class and all that. Where did that come from, right? And then now the struggle I have... So- Sorry, you were saying? Mm. You're no, no, yeah, no, So no, the no. struggle I have now is I'm trying to like kind of find a line between where where's the where's the needle in terms of discipline versus breaking somebody's spirit, right? You don't want to discipline a child to a point where you break their spirit and they just become very obedient and submissive and then they, they don't have a mind of their own, right? And you also don't want them to be a piece of shit for lack of a better word, lah, you know, piece of shit kid sure, who sure. goes around bullying people yeah. and you know creating chaos right so yeah. where's that and I, and I and i don't have an answer for that but it's, it's a question line. yeah
1: yeah uh i don't know if i have an answer for it but um i think i think the answer could potentially be found um um in the in, in the first episode of my mm. podcast uh, the ezra Zai project i speak to my ex-house mm. master from yeah. australia uh, and i've known him for about more than 20 mm. years now. Mm. And we spoke a lot about the culture that we had in the boarding okay. house, which was full of the stuff that we've been talking mm. about, right, some of these unkind mm. elements. And basically, the stuff that he and I sort of worked on together to sort of almost like change the culture, mm. while you were uh, there of the whilst okay. I was there. And of course, he would continue to do that even after I left with the school, and it's sort of now gone school-wide, mm. statewide, and gone out to other countries. And and I think what he talks about um, is actually the the ability to have this like resilient culture. A resilient culture is essentially this notion that you get to be yourself. You don't have to pretend who you're mm. supposed to mm. be. Uh, you get to make mistakes. Mm. So that failure isn't this Oh, like horrific Mm. thing. It's just actually just part of a small thing. and better if you make the mistakes earlier on so that you can improve faster. Like, I think the answer lies in the culture. And of course, in the culture, I'm trying to think, well, is it the culture in the school? Or is it Mm. the culture at home and the parents? And it's all of these different worlds that we live Mm. in, right? So I think to your question of with your son, Mm. Jazz, right? It's you set the tone, Mm. and and, again, if you can go to football. (laughs) It, it's it's the tone in the dressing room, mm, right?
2: Mm, right?
1: Right. If you don't get the tone in the dressing room and the training pitch right, the performance on Saturday or Sunday is not gonna reflect mm, that. Yeah. And and I and I think I think that's and there's all sorts of different uh aspects to this, but I think it, it does set about setting tone in some of the values that you believe in. So I mean discipline is it's an interesting mm. one as well, and what punishment does because um Uh, from the conversation that i had with my housemaster on the Mm. podcast you know what he he says is that punishment i think uh, almost entrenches behavior it doesn't change behavior Mm. as Mm. well so even your true the true north of why you're implementing something Mm. one must realize as to what actually the effects Mm. are because i remember what it was like to you know get hit on Mm. the knuckles in class stand in the Mm. classroom chair and like you know all of all of this stuff and i wonder or would i have done it differently if i was running that classroom and i probably Mm. would I probably wouldn't have done it how my teacher mm. did, but that's not on. That's not his bad. I think that's literally that sort of corporal punishment thing has always just been the yeah. way people have found a solution to to get a quick answer. But I don't think the answer. So was... when it comes
0: to this 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 idea of let's call it corporal punishment law, is where do you stand in the sense? The question I asked, I know it's a loaded question, but let me give some context. Right in the sense that <laughs> let me give give a little bit of context. Yeah. In the sense yeah. that. Um, I have friends and relatives who, who take the stand that uh you know I was I was hit as a kid, so I don't believe in hitting, I didn't like it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit my child, right? Yeah. Yep. And there are people who who feel who like, you know, I, I got slapped and hit when I was a kid because I did shitty, really shitty things. I was a rascal. Yeah. And yeah. I think I'm okay now, so I think that it's okay. It's necessary, right? And so if if I were to ask myself where do I fall in that. Uh I probably fall more in the in the latter where if if it you know, the the the, the punishment should fit the crime in the sense, right? So if you are a
1: really sh- Some sort of proportionality. Yeah, if
0: you're if you've done something really shitty and I have and I was a kid and I've gotten the shit kicked out of me by my mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I laugh when I say that because my mom's like half my size, right? So it is it's, you yeah, have yeah, to see yeah, this yeah, little yeah. lady torturing this this monster, this this giant. And mm. so in, in that sense that I, I find I find the idea of saying anything definitively is a problem. Lah. Like saying I will never hit my kid or saying I must hit my kid, right? I think both statements are I feel it shouldn't be there like, there shouldn't be a definitive this is how i feel no matter what there should be a little bit of uh understanding and proportionality so, yeah. for sure
1: for sure i and and i think um i you know easy for me to talk because <laughs> i'm not a parent <laughs> yet which makes you an expert and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me absolutely the expert. And and here's the thing, because like um my brother and my sister in law, they've got two beautiful mm. kids, Ryas and Layla. They're um you know, Ryas is ten and Layla's about four mm. or five. Um and so uh, just observing my contemporaries, like my mm. brother and my sister in law are we're in the same mm. age bracket, like just seeing them relay their Expressions and actions to the kids. I'm I'm looking like that. Like, oh, what what decision are you gonna make now? Because it's really really mm. tough. And and obviously, I think the the aspect that people don't realize is that you're engaging <laughs> with this relationship with this mm. child. Not it's not like two three yeah. hours like yeah. It's all day, yeah. every day. <laughs> and you know, it, and it it requires this dynamism mm. to make sure sh- because. It's a constant battle. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, can I get with this? Can I get with this? Oh, can I push the buttons here? And it's an entire game. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that the notion that it's just binary to there. And I think, I, and, but my, my thing is that I don't think, you know, I, I can't see, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't believe that like hitting or injuring yeah. a child is necessarily the way. Is, is the highway that one needs to take for them to yeah. realize and change their behavior. Yeah. I think that approach is really like, it's, I can understand why people mm. used to do it. But also, like, I can really expect that people don't need to do that mm. now. It does require more mm. work. And it's, and I, again, I think the concern is that the injury that you can place on the mm. child, you don't know the effects of that. Mm action mm. until years years later the fear that you're you're carrying the scars mm. that, and and i'm not trying to sort of suggest that everyone's a snowflake mm. or, or whatever mm. like but it's you just don't know as, as the person who's making mm. that call you just don't mm. know no i i, I then, agree with you on yeah.
0: that and i think some of the 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 more well researched friends of mine who who take the time to read and do the research i think the biggest fear they have is this, this, this—you know this unintended consequences of, of, yeah, of yeah, hitting yeah. a kid, right? And, yeah. and as as much as it makes sense, it makes a lot of sense, right? Um, I, I have a rule when it comes to, uh, dealing with my son, uh, but also in general dealing with people, right? And my, sure. my general rule is, uh, not out of anger, not out of frustration, right? Right? It's basically yeah. even if you are having a, a nuclear-sized fight with your wife or your girlfriend or whatnot, you know, mm. not to the point of, you know, don't take action uh, in the point of anger. Lah. Not out of anger, right? You, yeah, in the yeah, heat of so, moment,
2: yeah.
0: And I, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a big guy, right? So I hold this to heart because I've dated some people who, who think it's okay to like lose their shit and suddenly start throwing things at me and I'm like, I could end you right now. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. that's, And I'm literally saying those words to them. Oh, what is the thought process mm. in your mind that you think you can behave mm. this way, right? So, so yeah. when I apply that, even like to my son, is disciplining is very clear. Don't do it because you're angry. Because you're doing it because you're angry. That's just, you know, that's just yeah. bad, la. And yeah. I think that is.
1: And I think I think it's what's also interesting is that you know, as you're trying to sort of convey this to mm. Jax, it's because you know he probably carries and shares the same sort of instinct and values that you mm. already have mm. already. So sometimes I feel like you can communicate like in this much more like direct instinctual tone rather than sort of the prescribed textbook kind of challenge. I think you can use mm. the values mm. of that, mm. but you already know that kid because yeah. he's, your, he's your DNA. No, the, right? the, so I think like... for me,
0: the, the, the other side of the coin, right? when we say unintended consequences, right? I worry what's the unintended consequences of not sufficiently disciplining your kid or instilling discipline into your kid, right? And and in, yeah. and in the sense that, you know, my view is that the world is a harsh place, right? You go yeah, you yeah, 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 and yeah. screw up in the world, nobody's going to be holding your hand and wiping away your tears and that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You break the law, you're probably going to end up in jail, right? Or worse, yeah. you know, somebody else might hurt you because you are hurting them, right? And at what point does this realization come that, hey, you can't just do whatever you want and get away with it, and and yeah. and I feel that as as much as I witnessed parents and kids, parents, smart parents who kind of sit down, negotiate, explain, articulate very clearly to the kids why you want to do X and why why you should do this, why you shouldn't do that, right? But, but mm. at the end of the day, it's a kid, right? So a kid, and there's only so much a kid can observe and and absorb, mm, right?
1: I don't know, I don't I don't know. I I, I feel like I think kids can absorb a lot. I think we, I think there is a general, I think we don't cut them enough slack Mm. because I think there's a misinterpretation about what they're absorbing and how, Mm. and, and this is the weirdest segue (laughs) ever, but having just, having just completed season four of the crown, you know, Liz, Lilibet, mm. I mean, she, great queen, but like, you can clearly see the impacts uh, and, and the struggles that she's had in terms of her relationship with her mm. children. And and it's because of the the model or the structure that she was mm. raised in, you know, sort of stiff upper lip duty and all that mm. kind of stuff. But I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like they can they can handle a lot more than they think. And this is in good and mm. positive mm. ways. And I think it's, and and what's the worst? I guess I was. What's the worst that that can happen? Like too much information spills out. Oh, I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? I feel like they. They. I think they absorb a lot more, and especially they absorb all of the things that we're not intending mm. as well. No,
0: I, actually, uh, what I meant was that. Uh, I don't think every kid, and I'm speaking in in a way that realizing that I was a kid and I kind of reflect on how did I think or how do I work through my shit, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, see, yeah. And yeah. and
0: I feel that not every kid has feelings and empathy sure, as a priority, right? Sure, you sure, know, and, and especially <laughs> yeah. boys, like boys are easily shittier than girls, like, right? In the sense that we just want to do... We're yeah, just dummies. Yeah, and, and we yeah, just want to yeah. do, we don't care about the consequences and stuff like that. And to a certain degree, when that kind of mindset goes out into the world, and I, when yeah. I see things and when you hear like really horrendous things of, you know, when it comes to stuff like rape and, you know, and, and stuff like, yeah. you know, you know, robbing people and you hurting people and all that... And it comes to mind that where does this type of ind- and I'm not saying these individuals are not disciplined. I'm not even saying that. I, we don't know, right? But I'm just saying that yeah. th- there's a mindset that they feel they can get away by doing these things, right? And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: how do we instill that? You got to give a shit about other people, and you don't just, you know, you can't just live the life the way you want to live it without, in, in you know.
1: Yeah, but 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 I think you know I don't think. And I, you know, you know, this, of course, as you being the parent and me being the The non-parent, the expert, which is, it's, it's not just the, the things that you're saying and Mm. the things that they, they they, monkey see monkey do, right? Like, and like, you know, in the sense that like, we follow the actions and the Mm. intent of what's happening around us so that they have that lived experience. Mm. Right. And as a result, like that's the thing that i think they absorb the most and I, I you know i think i think a lot about this especially because you know i owe i owe a lot, so much to my parents and i know how very very lucky mm. i am because i know how many people don't even have the 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 stability and the structure that no. i have and then when they come out on top in those kind of situations i'm always so amazed because i don't think i would have come out as lucky mm. if i was if those positions in mm. reverse so it's it is it is unreal about how much like that impact
0: yeah no I, 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 will, I, will, I will do you I will throw a spanner into the works of our discussion right in the sense that uh you know the the fact remains that uh you know if you read Malcolm Gladwell's uh David versus Goliath right and yeah. he's essentially saying that if you give your child a good childhood the chances of them being uh, super successful is very really low, right? And they, and he sees, yes. uh, you know, it's it's a direct proportion to the amount of suffering you endure as a kid. You know, I mean, it's very yeah. subjective, but you should have sure. a, a tougher childhood in terms of challenges. You know, yeah, you know, kind of creates the drive for these kids to be more successful in the future, right? And
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and I can relate to that, right? I I, I can relate yeah. to right. So you know, then becomes Molly coddling, right? So in 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 the sense that, uh. And what I wanted to say earlier was that the fact that I'm thinking so hard about oh how should I raise my kid? How should I instill the proper values to him right? And then I think back about my own my own childhood, right me and my sister, we grew up in the same household, same parents, same everything.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we are two very different people, right right sure. So then I ask myself, you know do we really have all that much say <laughs> like we can we can try and mold them right?
1: This is the yeah, nature versus yeah, nurture and, argument. And, and, yeah, and yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Nature, I mean, nurture plays a part. But to 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 be so arrogant as to think that, or I can determine how my son thinks, I think that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I about... mean,
1: it, it, if you want to go full circle on this, we can go back to Fred Trump and Donald Trump, <laughs> oh, and that relationship. Yeah. And I'm sure the impact on Don Jr. and Eric and all of them, but I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, I think, but I, 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 I don't know in, in a space where we want to know the answer of it's one or the yeah. other. Um, I think that, 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 that tug of war and mm. that tussle mm. is always part of the, the yeah. dynamic aspect of it. And, but I like to think that, um, I'm I'm grateful to the nurturing part. Mm, yeah. Because I am I am cognizant of the impact of that of what that's had mm. on my life. The nature stuff you can't control. Yeah. But you know, you gotta sort of raise your hands that but the things that you can control, just you if you can keep your eye on that and not keep your eye on the things that you can't control. That helps. You know,
0: when I when I asked you to do this podcast, this was probably not all the things that I thought we would talk about. Not, not Trump. What what did you think we were talking about? I actually wanted to talk to you about about like the heydays of that effing show, dude. I that was one of the <sighs> favorite shows out there. And and I swear to god, and even uh, a, a buddy of mine, I have to give a shout out, shout out to Byron, a buddy of mine, he works in the Abu Dhabi. Byron, Byron yeah, shout out <laughs> So he is a huge fan of the effing show, right? And he you know he's been overseas for the longest time, uh, you know, when he started his cadet days as a pilot. And he's the one that kind of got me onto the show like got me to right. watch the show and all that and i you know never miss an episode and all that and he was quite instrumental when i said I wanted to, the, you know what i got so much free time now and i think there's a lot of assumptions flo- you know floating around the world floating around my life especially and i want to do a podcast just having this kind of open frank conversations with people with no real yeah. topic just kind of getting to know like you know maybe somebody watches sure. this and gets to know ija a little bit better and israel a little bit better sure right? and he was one of those people like i just mentioned it to him right and he's like, he's doing research. Oh, I think you should do it like that. This podcast should do that. And he's suddenly giving me feedback on the 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 formatting, how I should do it. Da, 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 yeah. And so he kind of was a big driving fact, uh, driving factor to get me to push me to start the podcast, right?
1: Good, good. And
0: good. and in that sense, uh, that's why I'm like, yeah, this guy. He, you're probably definitely, most definitely, the favorite guest I've had on for him for sure, Because right? he oh, reviews oh, well. every time I have a guest. He, he gives me a review afterwards. <laughs>
1: Byron, I hope this is turning out the way you think it was. So, I, I you know. And, and, no, but, but it, it, you're right. I think similarly, um, you know, especially during MCO, and, you know, I, I saw a lot of people doing stuff. Hmm. And I was like, it, it sort of prompted, I mean, I'm a competitive guy, so it sort of challenged <laughs> my, like, what can I do? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and, and in that
0: sense, right, I mean, going back to, uh, I want to talk about what you're doing now. But but but, yeah. but I gotta preface it with the Effing Show, right? For sure. Because when I saw what you guys were doing, uh, forget the fact that you're ridiculously multi-talented. La. I've seen you do that 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 song you did for Borneo, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was like Malaysia, yeah, yeah, Malaysia. No. Day, yeah, and I was like, dude, this guy can sing as well. Like, come <laughs> on, give me a break, right? And hardly. But okay. <laughs> okay. Not pop star la, but but we entertainment lah. I was entertained, right? <laughs>
1: uh, bathroom singer.
0: <laughs> and so how how? How did that show actually come about? How did that effing show actually even start
1: um basically um my um, my dear friend, former partner hardish mm. Singh, he um, you know had, had sort of a small uh, studio i say studio, two bedrooms <laughs> and he and um sort of a uh, arts theater practitioner. Uh, director, producer, Mark Tate, they, they were producing this other online show called uh, the Fairly Current Show okay. and that was hosted by the current Lambah Pantai MP Fami Fazil. Yeah. So they had this show in this room, right? And I have, was bringing my dad um, to to be featured on this program. And so I was just accompanying them because I yeah. kind of like they were, we were all the same age and stuff. So I accompanied my dad there. And I think uh, maybe a couple of weeks after that, um, at the time I was just doing book publishing, so a couple of weeks after that, I think Mark and Hardish brought me out to drinks and just asked me if I wanted to have my own show. Mm. And I was like, what does that even mean? Mm. Because I mean, I didn't do anything of the Mm. sort at the time. So um, Mark, I remember the sentence that he said, he says, like, I don't know, Ezra, but maybe just to make. To have a chance at making this country a little bit better, we need more bespectacled Melayu's talking to the camera, (laughs) and like just the way he phrased Mm. that Mm. sentence Mm. appealed to my ego Mm. and my ambition Mm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, because I, I was still coming to terms about what you could do on the internet, what you Mm. couldn't do on the internet, and so like, so I asked "Can I just do anything?" Mm. And was like the internet man's like, we'll see yeah. la, w- w- where the line gets drawn. <laughs> so, and, and then after that, you know, we started doing pilots and we brought different people together and a lot of collaborators and a lot of people uh, who I still work with today. And, you know, it, it, I think at the time it was just, the internet was, was even more exciting because video was kicking mm, in mm. and this was, YouTube wasn't, I guess maybe, I guess it was around, but I guess maybe the ability to upload on YouTube wasn't that mm. straightforward in 2010, 20, 2009. And also our,
0: bandwidth, like, you know, felt, uh, our yeah. bandwidth, was yeah.
1: horrible and all that. So we had to bring in our own web, uh, we had to make our own web player mm. so that it could play these like mm. yucky files. That compressed was a pop files. TV. Or... P- pop yeah. That's yeah. right. And so then, so we made one episode and then like, you know, apart from my mom, I think everyone's other moms <laughs> maybe watched it. Um, and a hundred episodes later, after maybe a period of three years or so, um, we had a great time and, and Hadesh and I spoke about like, you know, we, we, it was something that we committed ourselves to do on the weekends. Mm. And it was like, we were just trying something out. It was a lot of fun. Mm. I met amazing people. I worked with amazing people. We managed to, I, I, and, and you know, the, the core part of it is is that the fact that so many people resonated with it is, is like a real bonus. Yeah. But for me at the time, it was really trying to, it was just the, the beginning part of like, putting together a voice of myself, a voice of what's happening in the country, a voice of the mm. production team that was in that room, and all the creativity that was around that we were just trying to harness a voice and a tone. Mm. I was in my mid <clears throat> I was in my mid 20s, <laughs> I guess. And and, and, and of course, in your mid 20s, mid to late 20s, your, your thoughts are very like clear. Mm, and mm. like, you know, you want to say yeah. it and yell it and like harness it and crystallize it. And, and I think in that sense, I got very lucky because I had this amazing team around me that was we were bouncing off each other so that we could come up with a skit, come up with a song, come up with a joke, uh, come up with some social commentary, come up with some satire that would get us in trouble. we we'll, we'll, we would check it with the mm. lawyer and the lawyer said, yeah, you could get in trouble, but, yeah, you know, we'll see what mm. happens. And and we had a great time. Yeah, many, many police reports after <laughs> as well. So, and, um, you know, you would meet, the we would meet the people that we we would make fun of, these politicians mm. and stuff. And, you know, I remember one prominent politician saying, yeah, 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 we watched the bit <laughs> that you made fun of me with the, the whole family. And that, that I mean, for me, it felt it feels nice because they understood the intent of the joke. Yeah. It's it's, and we put a lot of effort into making sure that we were making fun. <clears throat> we were making fun of something. We knew what the target mm. was, and I, I was very precious about the notion of what comedy mm. is because, um, it's 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 knowing to punch up rather than punch mm. down. And 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 when you're doing these kind of things, you can get a little bit sloppy because you want the mm. laughs. You want the you want the mm. you want the you want the big mm. views. But I was. I really enjoyed the episodes that um, that was just a little bit random. There was one episode with like a talking tomato, <laughs> and like you know, like that that appeals to me. A lot of people like the episode where like you know we're we're making fun of a former prime minister, or making fun of a, an interview that somebody did on Al Jazeera <laughs> or something. But you know, I mean, it had a lot of different things, and it was a lot of yeah. I mean, uh, I
0: mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it it feels like. When when that effing show was on and and it feels it was the days before views and clicks was it yeah that's right and 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 you know to a certain degree I think everything since like now whenever anybody says I'm starting a show I'm doing something right it is all about views clicks monetization how can I commercialize it blah 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 right yeah and and even for something so silly like like you know starting a simple podcast like this I say yeah, I just want to talk to people on a podcast and you know even the, you know, your best meaning friends, they go like, Oh, how are you going to monetize it? How many views do you think you can get? How many clicks? You get? Sure, sure. And my response to all of them has always been, let me just do this and see whether it's good. Because if it's shit, I don't want to monetize shit. Right? Yeah,
1: you're, you're, abso- you're absolutely right. And I, and I I share the same view. And it it's it's funny, because as a result of making that effing show, um you know, that was actually when me and Hardesh started our our digital media company mm. pop digital mm. which created all of these other verticals mm. and brands and stuff but that i think, show in itself didn't make money mm. yeah you know we do we did and a lot of brands came to us wanting to sponsor but then they they said oh you can't say this you yeah. can't say that but yeah but then then that's not my yeah. show and you want you want to piggyback on the on the on the vibe or the brand of the show but you don't really want to put your, your neck on the line mm. on that. and so and as a result you and I think that's the thing, right? I mean, we don't know creatively at least, and this is where the numbers people don't mm. really—they they roll their <laughs> eyes. But, like, but creatively, when you're doing something, you don't know what it is yet. And it's a conversation I'm having with my with my family a lot. Okay. Like they, they they ask that question about monetization mm. and stuff, and and of course I can have I have all these models mm. and ideas, right? Whether it's like you're going down a subscription model or whether you're going down a uh, ad mm. revenue model and, and everything in between. But the thing is, is especially in this environment where everything belongs on that on that smartphone, mm. everybody gets the opportunity right now to create their own niche, mm. to really explore what it is that they're actually doing and producing. Mm. And I can tell you that when I launched the trailer of the Ezra Zai mm. project recently, three weeks mm. ago, the moment I launched the trailer immediately and with all the feedback I was getting, immediately, I felt this huge sense of relief that actually, episode one is changing a lot in my mm. head. episode two, episode four, oh, that's gonna change mm. now, because you don't really know what you have mm. yet, until that, that sort of bell curve settles down mm. a little bit mm. more. So, I mean, episodes, the first 10 episodes of what I think show was, this is what it ended up being, mm. like two completely different shows, I felt and, and I think if your show doesn't go through a type of evolution, then you're probably just you're probably just very content at, w- at what that is. And you know that that's what mm. it is. I'm not part of that mm. camp. I'm part of the, I don't know if this is working. Mm. No, I, I think it's Do funny myself.
0: because I think uh, to to the unfamiliar, I mean, there's no familiarity to this. It's all new. But to to somebody who is not familiar to the idea of creating something new, right? When you, when, you, even when you say something to, you know, if, even if you're starting a business, starting a company, or, you know, starting a show, they don't. Under, they cannot compute how you make money, ah? Huh? Don't make money, yeah. Huh? Then how, huh? the That's it. Yeah. When you say you don't make money or you hope to make money, no. and then zzz, they, they like, what are you doing?
1: And then the worst part is, and then the worst part is, they go, they, they ask those questions, and then the next question goes, yeah, but Joe Rogan made <laughs> like a hundred million, right? So is that are you gonna make a hundred
0: million? Dude, and you know this is a sad. This it's... is the saddest part, right? Like, like you know, uh, like Joe Rogan is probably the best example. Of uh, the structure of a podcast that I would like to do, in the sense that sure. it's open, right? We don't there's no structure yeah, to yeah. it. There's there's no topics that I want to discuss per se. It's just a conversation, but I don't. I try my level best not to say it, because when you say it, suddenly the expectation is, oh, oh, sure. how are you monetizing this? Who's your sponsor? And then they, yeah. they kind of lose the idea of no. Dude, we, there's an example of a format, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, and but also the thing is, like Joe, Joe was doing this when like those webcams were really ugly, too. dude. You could so hardly like see their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Joe's been Joe's been doing it a long yeah. time, and I'm I mean, you know, a lot of people may agree and disagree with his content and the guests he gets, them, but I think he's he's a dynamic interviewer, and so and I think the thing that he's brought to the table in so so the thing that I've been sort of sort of wrestling with, and it's a conversation that I've had with many people in the media industry because. I worked there for quite a bit, and it's it's actually the 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 authority being democratized mm. to the individual creator mm. now, rather than it being held by these institutions mm. of of the gatekeepers of yeah. what you and I used to grow up with in the eighties and nineties, and, and by and large maybe a little bit of two thousands. Mm. And so, I, and I think that opportunity it's such it's still the wild wild west mm. right now about how it's going to turn out. My instinct is I'm a little bit optimistic, because I think there's so many different subcultures and different pockets that people want to directly Mm. find resonance and relatability to and they will be willing to spend what they feel is necessary if they gain value Mm. out of that. So the notion of the how much you make money and the quantity and the numbers and the clicks, I, I with all due respect to all of those folks who know this a lot more than I do. I, I feel like I think it's the the deep dive mm. is the quality mm. of 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 what people are getting mm. in in this sort of I guess sharing. Yeah, I mean
0: economy, if, if you if so you uh right before you talk about your your current show, right? I think the the what I can see from what you're mentioning right now, right, is the fact that and this is a throwback to comment at first about Astro, you know, a lot of people would say Astro is expensive, right? Oh Astro 150 for TV shows, blah blah and all that. But now, if if you kind of look at yourself as oh, I have Spotify, I have Netflix, and I'm going to have Disney Plus, and now HBO, Home, blah blah blah, and suddenly you see like oh, Astro quite cheap ah, huh? actually Astro a hundred bucks right. you get a lot of content and now you're paying for like yeah, almost yeah, individual yeah. channels. Sure, sure. And and you realize that that you know, in this way, what they're saying about deep diving into a vertical is if you are really invested in in. Disney and the content that they produce, and probably stuff like yeah. Mandalorian and all that, a lot of us are probably drawn to that. Then you choose to give your money here, instead of.
1: Yeah, eh, eh. and 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 you you don't decide maybe to give Spotify that yeah. month just because maybe you're done <laughs> listening to music for a bit. I I mean it's it the, the options for the the consumer is like it's a lot yeah. right now and it's too much and and I think the challenge for the likes of you and me is how do you create a signal yeah,
0: so that people you know, can I, resonate I, with. I actually if, feel that it, it it, hopefully and I hope and I hope this is where it's heading or not, this is going to be too expensive for us. I hope it comes to a point where we pay for time, right? For example, you know, if you're paying a, a dollar an hour, which is too much, yeah. right? Okay, just say a dollar an hour, that means twenty-four, twenty-four dollars a day potentially, right? So every time you watch something or listen to something, whether it's Spotify or Disney, you only pay for the time that you watch it. Right. So you can so yeah. suddenly I feel like, oh, you know, I actually want to watch something on HBO. And while I'm watching HBO, this is like I, I'm it's like the it's like the prepaid model. No, actually, <laughs> that seems to be the most real when I say realistic in my head, realistic, la, because huh? this is not a concept out yeah. there in the world. Because yeah. or else it just becomes too expensive for a consumer. Right? Yeah. For as a yeah. consumer, everything <laughs> is too expensive. If you want everything. Unless you're a pirating and watching. But porn. but here's
1: the thing, you, you don't actually want everything. You want the access to everything, mm. but you're not you don't actually want everything.
0: Yeah. I, I hear you. I, I mean, hear you, you. Do you know what I, I, I mean? You, but the problem is you go like Disney, I've done this. and he's like, Oh, the Mandalorian is only on Disney. I was like, Oh shit, I need Disney, right? And then it's like and they're smart, right? They just need one anchor show on each of these, these services. Sure, now Spotify sure. has got Joe Rogan. And you know, yeah. come December, he's not gonna be on YouTube, right? So the question yeah. becomes, oh shit. Yeah. I like Joe Rogan. I don't like ads and I don't want to listen to the stupid ads on Spotify. I'm probably gonna give money to Spotify.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And it's true. I mean, and, and what I've also come to know, notice about my consumption habits is that I think like it's interesting because I'm trying to cut down on my YouTube watching Mm. because I think I, the number of mm. hours i'm clocking in there is fantastic mm. for right? youtube yeah <laughs> it's a bit too much and for netflix uh, or, or at least listening to spotify and stuff I'm, I'm doing a you know the the odd binge every now and then but it's really funny i realized at least with the work that i'm trying to do now with this podcast and the other site project it's it's i need to reduce the hours on like consumption mm. because it's distracting mm. it's like feeding mm. into this like on most days i'd really love to throw away my phone yeah. you know I what hear I mean? you, man. because it's it's a, it's the it's the most horrible device in the whole world and it, it it's it the, i mean they made these things so that you get addicted through the mm. scroll you know what i mean so you, have you watched and, the and, social I'm, dilemma i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I i i've i've read a book um that sort of deals with yeah. that same thing and i mean i think maybe about a year and a bit ago, I sort of started yeah. rearranging the icons on my phone. I've sort of tried to have a plan as to, you know, if I could do this a podcast without having social to do social mm. media, I would I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, it's, you it's, feel like you want I, to, just, right? I think
0: even when I would for twenty twenty, I think I've been on the only post I made on in twenty twenty this whole year yeah. is introducing my yeah. podcast on Facebook
1: yeah same to same to and i mean i try to you know, mix it up now but it's it's tough because because um you know i mean apart from whatsapp i guess where you are sort of in touch with your friends and family like the rest of it but but even then right yeah. if, but
0: even then the, you know your phone it creates a false sense of urgency that you don't really yeah. need to check your phone every minute every you know it's uh you know, if you if the important people in your life like now that i'm, that I'm married i have a kid when my wife and kid are at home, I kind of feel like I don't need to look at my phone because the kind of, like, the important people are here and, yeah. you know, if anything else happens around the world, I can hear it an hour later. Yeah. Right? You know, I don't have to yeah, have yeah, the yeah, phone with yeah. me. Yeah. But I think more relevant to uh, what you're saying is now about consuming too much on social. I think watching like the show the social dilemma, I think everybody should watch it because it's a very scary show about, about how yeah. addictive social media is. The one big yeah. takeaway which yep. I'm practicing actively now is that don't yep. uh, is choose your content. Don't let yeah. people choose the content for you, right? So when you go to YouTube, yeah. don't look at the recommended videos. Look for something that you want to watch and watch yes. it. Turn off all the recommendation on Facebook. Turn off all the popular posts or recommended posts or that. Yeah. Start this idea of choosing
1: your well, content. It, it, the, 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 You'll get to do that for about like a minute until an amazing recommendation <laughs> kicks in with the How, algorithm. Have you ever caught yourself
0: halfway through one of these clickbait videos and you're like, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Right? Yeah. And you go like, why am I watching this? You're but all... you still want to watch it, right?
1: <laughs> all the time. I mean, I love going into like a JFK conspiracy <laughs> rabbit hole every six months.
0: Oh man. No, okay. Sorry. I, I know we've been dragging on quite long, but uh, I, I actually <laughs> listened to the start of your current podcast uh the Ezra Zahid project thanks
1: man and
0: and i i didn't know what to expect at first i i don't know you know was i expecting uh a comeback or resurgence of the effing show (laughs) you know um and and my show is called i'm assuming so i will present you my assumptions first right and you prove me wrong and it it feels it feels like it's you mentioned storytelling it feels like storytelling but in a very structured I would say very structured and loose way in a way that you have a point that you want to deliver, and right. so the the narrative is not so fluid. You kind of have an end goal that you want to get to, and you want to like present the story. So it feels like a, a, a summary of a book almost, right? You know? Okay. I mean, I, that's okay. how I kind of feel it.
1: Yeah. Okay. What?
0: What? How do you see it? Or, or what was your intention behind it?
1: Yeah. So. Um let me see. I, so what, you know, when people ask me, what this is the podcast about? It's, it's me trying to um, shine a light on unique stories and anecdotes of individuals who've overcome mm. um, a sense of adversity mm. and, and, and they're very interested in discovery. And, and basically a lot of these things are hidden in plain mm. sight. And so it's sort of the podcast is to sort of reveal those conversations a little bit. Um, and, and to be honest, um as i'm doing th- these podcasts and producing it i know because i i, I spent a lot of time mm, editing it mm. so that when you're eating this 20 minute podcast in 10 mm. years it's 20 minutes that i've worked a lot, really hard mm. to give you the thing that i can and and i wish i could do what you're mm. doing which is you know just having this free flow conversation and stuff which no one
0: listens to um,
1: <laughs> nobody's got the time no, no, no. No, well, people listen to it people listen to it but 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 here's the thing right it's it's not whether it's in of either format right it's actually for me uh the way i'm doing it is basically it's the one that makes me feel most the most excited about how i'm presenting this thing to you um, a lot of people will find a lot of insights a lot of interesting uh, learnings and stuff uh i i do the ingredients that i have good conversation music um you know, a certain, a certain level of production value. These are the things that matters mm. to me, and it doesn't matter so much that my voice is mm. there. Most it's of purely audio, time. is it? Yeah, okay. purely audio, and i I do have thoughts and ideas about for it to be mm. a video because you know it's got to be yeah. video and stuff. But I don't. I'm still de- trying to determine the format, what yeah. the in, what the intent mm. is. Because if it's just me uploading it on YouTube, mm. I mean, great. But like, that's not. I, I want to sort of have value to. The visual format, so yeah. No,
0: I understand. I think, uh, given your your uh, experience in media for all these years, yeah. I think you would have definitely a much higher standard of a production value. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, but, but, I would. but but here's the thing. But but here's the thing. Like, I mean, like I think it, it's that's like a safety blanket mm. for me because um, I, I you know when when you're when you're making anything, I think I noticed that even with mm. cooking, during MCO, I started cooking a lot more. But even just the way I mm. prepped, everything's like, okay, oh, that's all correct, that's mm. all correct. And I wasn't very loose mm. with like mm. the cooking, but now as I'm doing it more, I'm getting loose. And it's similar to the podcast. Okay. So what you're listening to, episode one with John Henry, um, is a very, in my opinion, a sort of very well produced twenty-minute um, audio experience. Uh, I'm hoping to make it more dynamic over, you know, the next few episodes where the sounds that you're hearing don't just belong to a living mm-hmm. room, but belongs to the actual worlds of where these people reside. So
0: And yeah. and and in the sense of the type of guests that you that you have on, right? Uh, yeah. Do you have, you know, then your next 10 guests planned? Do you know who they are? Or?
1: Um, I do, yeah. I, I mean, I have a wish list of, 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 of people and stories, and some of them are more attainable than okay. others. And, and, and um, sorry, not,
0: to, not to cut you off, but because it, it, again, I feel that it is almost uh, the stories almost has a personal involvement to it. So, does this mean that all these people are people that these stories are something that you personally have some kind of relation to, or is the stories no, you have heard? No.
1: No, I, I, it's. I mean, the, the first one uh, is is my housemaster, and, and it's not an episode about my relationship. You know what you said. when you I said.
0: Call him Hendo, right? Hendo or something. I was like, is yeah, this the yeah. Indonesian guy? Or? <laughs> so
2: yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 okay. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and and I think the key thing for me on this entire thing is is basically, because um, over the years on radio, I've interviewed a lot of interesting people, and. I think sometimes the, you know, I'm trying to get better as an interviewer as well, and it's really, which is you listening as an interviewer is the hardest thing to do. And that's where, if you do, if I do my job right, I get to extract very different textures and tones and, and bites that really add to the overall thing. And it is, it is primarily the the people who I'm interested in, primary people that I either look up to or interested in. But there are also people who are like hidden in in the Mm. shadows a little bit as well, like the ones who don't get I mean, there's going to be an episode um, about a particular refugee who really sort of had made his mark Mm. here in in Malaysia. Mm. And um, he, he, you know, he's been responsible for some of these great buildings in in the city and stuff. And so he, he sort of explores his relationship with the world that he left and the world that this is and actually the world that he was trying to um uh, head to as a result of his um statelessness mm. i guess so mm. to speak so yeah so i mean there's it's it's, it's my, I, you know it's hard to say this with a straight face but <laughs> i i'm trying to i'm trying to tell myself that the show isn't about the who mm. uh, it's about the why and the mm. how so um that's kind of like what the ezra Zite project is you know if i were to, uh, if about, if I were yeah. to
0: make an observation and, and I, I'm, i'm not trying to uh you know blow smoke up your whatever, right? sure. Uh, but sure. the the my my intuition, the the feeling that I got when I was listening to it at first, at least the intro, right? It took me to the intro for uh you know Dave Chappelle's special. Um yeah. and you know I'm not thinking about you know the actual special actually just the intro when you have Morgan Freeman's voice and Dave Chappelle in black and white sitting on a bench. Yeah where he's kind of introducing, okay. you know, what he's thinking about. And then you have music and you hear, you know, right. that is the feel that I get. Not so much about Dave Chappelle oh. doing the stand up. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm actually talking about the yeah. intro of being immersive. And now when you're talking about trying to have, you know, you know, making people feel like they're in an atmosphere, that means, you know, having that ambiance as well. That's sure. the feel that I kind yeah, of I mean, get.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if, if you got that kind yeah. of feel, then uh, job, job done. <laughs> so and, and here's a tough thing, because you know, in this world where everything's very, very mm, visual, mm. Uh, this is not mm. for everyone. And I knew this going in. And in my ideal mm. circumstance, I love everybody, everybody who listens to the show, I want them to listen with yeah. their headphones and not listen to their yeah. phone and all that kind of stuff. But people consume things very, very differently. Mm. And at the moment, you know, you, you try your best to to put the the intent and your creativity into the thing. And so, yeah, I uh, some some of these conversations obviously go on for a couple of hours and three hours and stuff. But, you know, I released sort of a first episode, but I also released like a bonus episode Mm. that that has more tactical and informative Mm -hmm. bites. And then the main episode uh, is essentially the storytelling uh, episode. So each week, I release like a storytelling episode. And, and how long does it episode? take
0: you realistically to edit something? Too long. Edit something? Like, Too long. Like, what do you say? A few days? No. Well, you know, because when I started this. I, I,
1: I don't want to give an answer because I'm so embarrassed by the timeline. So <laughs> okay. Like, okay. Let, let it's me ask not... you
0: a different question, right? Uh, uh yeah. Do you have people helping you through the edit process? I have.
1: I have, um, I have a producer who I've worked with for a long time that, listens to the rushes or listens to the raw tape. And then we have a conversation about what we think has come out out of the tape. And then you identify good mm-hmm. tape. And then you have a discussion about what do you want to do with that good tape and how you how do you actually do that. And there's a lot of fat around mm. interviews, as you know, and what you want to do is you want to cook the, the mm. good tape to the point where it really doesn't just resonate with yourself, it resonates with the intent of the interviewee, but also it can resonate with an audience that might not be so familiar with this world. So there's a lot of like decorating and setting up. And I mean, it's it's, it's the thing that I like to do, but it's not for everyone. And um, if people find the space to for about 20 odd minutes, 20, 30 minutes to listen to it, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that people will listen. You know,
0: the, you know, when I started the podcast, the first few episodes were purely audio uh it probably took me a day half a day to kind of edit because i'm just editing editing out maybe awkward silences or the ums ahs where you know because audio ums and ahs on audio is very irritating on video you're very forgiving because you kind of see them and and you kind of forgive it but on audio it's it's and it doesn't take me so long right and then credit again to byron whose shout out again is he was (laughs) like dude you gotta be on youtube because you know he's like discovery algorithm you know I'm, i'm People are not gonna discover you on Spotify. Nobody's yeah. going on Spotify looking for your show. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he was like, you know, you don't even have to do video, you know, you can just like, you know, put your audio on a, like a screen grab and that's it. It's aesthetic, but the audio is there. Yeah. But people yeah. need to discover yeah. blah blah blah, right? And I was like, oh, actually I have videos because I recorded I have a webcam on and just record all the you gotta you gotta nice. do, it, you gotta blah, blah. and so it was, you know, him who kinda like pushed me to do it. And again, falling back on yeah. mentors and all that you know, a, a close one that I always talk to, I said, I was doing he's like, yeah, I think you should do a video. No, and I was sure. like, you know, why I don't... I, I've always felt that this idea of video and, you know, doing a show or whatnot not is, you know, for uh, people who are visually appealing, right? And I always like, yes. this is not my game. I know that very early on. That's not my space, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah, one yeah. of
0: my mentors made this really funny observation. He's like, yeah, but you know, like you know i like hanging out with you i like talking to you and there are other smart people that yes. hang out with you talking to you and you know this your guests obviously enjoy having this conversation with you so maybe <laughs> it's not that you look nice or not but maybe there's you know there's there's some appeal uh. there's, yeah, some there's, sort some there's some yeah there's some sort appeal.
1: of appeal some sort of intrinsic yeah. value that people and i never i never can, thought can about that right with. i thought like
0: oh you need to be good looking you know hot and yeah. sexy <laughs> mm. <laughs> to get mm. the clicks and the and, likes
1: <laughs> no but 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 for those people who do well in that area, like more power to them. Like, I think it's great that they get to succeed very easily and very quickly. But at the same time, they have their own challenges Mm. as well, which is, which is that, you know, you have this huge quantifiable audience, but how much of them, um, actually are sort of like passive observers Mm. or whether they're sort of active, um, participants Mm. to what you're. Uh, doing or what you're selling or whatever, right? So I think it's, I think it it, it cuts both ways in in sort of very specific and it really sort of goes yeah. down to And, how
0: and of course, you if you do if this. you're a bit more pragmatic, the more pragmatic uh, side of uh, my investor, not my investor, my, my my mentor was like, you know, like, dude, you know, just throw it everywhere, see what sticks, right?
1: Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. And 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 and, bud, I know you. You know, you you. Touch base with me a number of months ago to 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 be on your show, and I was, it was really funny because the timing of it was such that I think it almost is like when you start, when you start, you know, telling yourself that okay, here's what you want to do, when you say out in the world, and then you start doing it. It was by no surprise or coincidence that when you reached out to me, it was like, oh, that's freaky, <laughs> and I'm gonna say yes to being on your show, but I can't do it now because I'm freaking out about my show. And I, I told you that yeah. like once my show comes out, then I'd be happy yeah. to do no, it. I, so, and and thanks for like you know just reaching out and No, man I mean,
0: uh, and to be very fair, I, I have I, I I don't actually know what you're gonna say. I, I don't have an expectation of of you know what I expect you to kind of come on and talk about. But I just think you're a very interesting person, and in the sense that what minimum uh, interactions we've had in the past, I felt was quite interesting, yeah. and I I felt that you needed a little bit of a runway. And, uh, thank you very much for coming on and doing this part. I, I do, I will definitely, I, I'll tell you now that I will bug you again. Once this, once yeah. the COVID has taken a break.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, do... and, and I'd be, more than, I'd be more than happy to go yeah, over to yeah, your place definitely. and
0: to avoid this. Yeah. And it,
1: no, and it, and it's really strange because I think on another version of the lockdown, I've probably made it over and I think I'm just almost reacting to the numbers yeah. and everything. So thanks for doing no, this please, virtually as do. well, man. And, and, and and you know, just, you know, we've, we've known each other over the years when you were doing sort of your merchandising and stuff and like, I think it's great that we're also meeting at the sort of restart point <laughs> for the it of us, it right? feels
2: that way. <laughs> it's,
1: it's hilarious because it's like, I don't know, it's my third career or whatever yeah, Actually, you know? yes. So, I mean, yeah.
0: this is a beautiful way to, to end the pod. I do feel as difficult as 2020 has been uh, for many people. I think, you know, if the people you love are, are healthy, and yeah. if you're around, or you know, I think you just have to count our graces and you know, pick up and, and try sure. to kind of pivot or start something new and don't just you know, uh, you know, well, son, don't blow, don't blow. And <laughs> It could still be a new beginning,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it yeah. might not yeah. be what the old man and, thought of,
1: yeah. And uh, you know, like I think, I think, I think the opportunity, I, I you know, I'm like anybody else, like when once january 1st 2021 mm. kicks in I'd, I'd like to reimagine that it's a clean slate however i i don't know if uh COVID 19 subscribes <laughs> to the gregorian calendar and um it might be like this for oh. a little bit but i think just trying to keep things one day at a time and, and keep yeah. things dynamic and hopefully people stay yeah safe.
0: man i mean thanks so much for doing this we we will speak again hey. uh on the new Absolutely. normal after the new normal after we recover from this new normal ezra thanks again man all right. Sounds good,
1: buddy.